Welcome to the Business Abundance Podcast, providing the tools and knowledge to help small business owners succeed. For additional resources, visit www.businessabundance.online. Welcome back to the Business Abundance Podcast. I'm Marie. Oh, I'm Ian. I get to go this time. Cool. And welcome. I'm Rowan. Today, we'll be talking about micromanaging. I think most of us have probably experienced an overbearing manager at some point in our careers. Um, When I worked in a call centre, we were constantly monitored. So uh, management always knew what we were doing at all times, knew when I was on a break, knew when I was on a call, (laughs) knew when I was finishing up, knew if I tried to finish up early. (laughs) Was there a toilet, bud? Oh, yeah. Personal break. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, what? There's a button particularly that I'm going to the loo. For, no, you're having a lend. Really? Yeah, like whatever you were doing, it had to be monitored. There was a button for everything. Yep. Oh, man, I've never worked in a call centre. This is awesome. Yeah, those that have been (laughs) in a call centre once before, they're like, oh, 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 yeah, we know. How many people listening right now have got PTSD? (laughs) 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 It's like hospitality PTSD, retail PTSD. Oh, you hear the call chimes, like the call chimes. They're like they haunt me in my dream. When a call pops in, you'd hear like a chime. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a terrible place to work. You'd That's why they the have world. such high turnover. Yeah. It's also why they have such an ability to employ so many people so quickly and get a pretty consistent result for clients. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think I lasted two and a half months. I think I already told the story for the pilots. I, mean, I, do it I again. did a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but I, half. I dominated my KPIs. Yeah, yeah. me too. And then um, they Just told me I was it. a day late for my bonus period, so I didn't get my bonus. And I was like, I'll see you later. <laughs> oh, wow. This is terrible. So what's yeah. that got to do with micromanaging? That is micromanaging. Oh, cool. That's an example. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday we were talking about micromanaging. Yeah. Yeah. So you, there's cases where people would have been micromanaged before. Yeah. And then there's probably some people out there going, gee, I'm not a micromanager. That's not me. And maybe it is you. Maybe it's not. Yeah. I never understood. Well, as I got older, I think I understood when I was younger. But then as I've got older, I, I, I've lost the understanding. Why would you hire someone who's really good at their job and then just tell them what to do all the time? Yes. Because you like control. Ah. Oh. Control freaks, you know the term? Straight yeah, yeah. to the answers. So now you're saying if you micromanage, you're a control freak. That is very Ooh. aggressive to start a podcast. I tell you what, Ooh. every manager of every call centre right there is calling in. Lines of lit up you might if this was live. We'll look at the stats of the podcast and it's going to be like uh, one minute in, two minutes in, and, and then, then everyone just drops boom. off, rounds and sells it Yep. Can't believe you called most of our audience control freaks. It's just one option. It's not the not all the reasons why you're yeah. micromanager. It could be reasons why you need Reason to. out of control. Oh, shocking. You should be a m- bit more of a micromanager. I should be. Yeah. Yeah. I said that before. He goes, oh, he's a micromanager. And then Ree's like, I've never seen it look so bewildered. Exactly. Like, what on earth did you just say? Like, how? <laughs> how did you get that out of this guy? <laughs> she still can't talk. She's gone. Yeah. We'll come back. We'll, we'll carry her for a while. Yeah, I think we can. But yeah, so yeah. what's micromanaging in? This well, is I always think the hardest question when we, we can't continue for a while, so we answer. I think the uh, the best way to describe it would be to flatter you a little bit and say it's the complete opposite of you. Oh, that doesn't help anyone understand what it is because no one knows me. Yeah, but what's your management style? Basically let people figure it out and help them every now and then. Yeah, so you employ the people that can do their job. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, you can get that wrong, but yeah. You expect by the time you've employed them that you think they're going to be more than suitable, yes. And then not tell them every little bit of their job that they're doing wrong or right. Yeah. So we're going to define micromanaging today by saying what it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a good way to yeah, well, define I, something. Well, I'll just define my way yeah. instead of micromanaging and then we 
go from there. But yeah, fundamentally what you said, you choose someone, you think they're going to be great at it, you've got them in that role and then your job as a manager to give them the tools they need to succeed and uh, one of those has usually not been in the way. So you are taking everything out of the way mm. um, that's going to make them their day less enjoyable, less productive, uh, whatever it is, get all that stuff out of their way and which is usually the manager, which probably is me half the time, and uh, then back them to succeed. Uh, yes. But micromanaging is a very, very common thing and there's lots of reasons why people might do it. And that's just when you, you're constantly on people's backs. Just to backtrack for a second, how do you find good people? He's back. <laughs> how do you find good people? I mean, she yeah. did need to backtrack after calling a lot of people a control freak. <laughs> We lost her again. <laughs> um, how do you find good people? I feel like that's a whole podcast. Did we do that yet? If we haven't, it'll be coming because no. everyone wants to know. That's like there's hours on how do you get good people. Yeah. Everyone's just going, oh, tell me, please. How do you get good accountants? How do you get good accountants? So we get, yeah. Well, it's not a whole podcast for accounting firms, but, yeah, it's hard to get at the moment. But oh, we've got a few, luckily. Sounds like a challenge. <laughs> um, all right. So how do you get good people? We can definitely – to another podcast in the future and then once that podcast comes out we'll link it down to the bottom of this so you can actually find it jump to it but um yeah you, you might need to micromanage if you haven't got the right people sounds exhausting micromanaging it's basically like giving excessive supervision to yeah. people like you're always handing out task after task after task making sure that you know what everybody is doing sometimes doing it for them because yes. they may have already done it, but you're like, no, that's not how I want it done, so I'm going to do it for you anyway. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of evokes like a sense of distrust in people and Unable feel to. like, oh, okay, well, I'm not doing things the way I need to be doing them. Why am I good enough? Like, Unable yeah, to relinquish that control as well yeah. as, a, as a manager slash business owner. So mm. – Control freaks, again. <laughs> <laughs> Ruthless. Well, it's not necessarily control freaks. Maybe, maybe it is, I suppose. You can bring everything back to that. But if you've got – maybe you're not doing so well, you're not getting the right results, maybe you've got the right people, maybe Downward they were pressure. great yeah. um, and then they're not anymore and you're like, oh, I've tried everything and nothing's working and you're just frustrated so I've got to literally keep my eye on everything. Mm. That's going to cause micromanaging, isn't it? I think if you're already stressed, if you're already heightened to, to what's going on, you're having cash flow issues or you're having, yeah. you know, you're not getting enough sales, not as many sales as you want to be getting. Line. <laughs> yeah. Sounds yeah. exhausting. So, um, you know, there's lots of reasons why people do it. Micromanaging fundamentally answer the question is that you're hassling people. You're managing things that you shouldn't be managing. You're looking at stuff that probably don't need to. You want too much of it. So we talked about what is micromanaging now and we mentioned a few reasons as why it might occur. But... You know, Ray, why do you think a call centre manages to that sort of degree? Probably because they're paid a lot of money by very large and important firms to consistently dis- deliver the same results. Yeah, and how's that firm going to tell if they're delivering or not? Well, they're going to want reports on their KPIs and, yeah. and things like that. And they want to know all these key numbers. Um, so then the managers need to know all those key numbers, which, you know, I'm not against whatsoever, don't get me wrong. But then where does it become overbearing for an employee? Is there systems like call centre systems and, and processes, is that micromanaging? It could be. Yeah. The thing is how it's laid out. Like if I'm looking at it and I remember what I did, we had to get off calls for after two minutes. Yep. And that was the definition of a success. So some people just would hang up. 
mm. and hope that they weren't having a mystery uh, listener in doing for coaching, which was probably one in a hundred calls. You, you just pot luck. So, yep. oh, yeah, we'll get our KPIs down. We'll just hang up on this person because they're, they're not listening to me or I don't know what to do. And the next poor person will get it on putting notes in the system and no one knows it's me. Um, See, we had in person. Um, so there was like no mystery quality assurance. It was like the quality insurance team member had come up and be like, I'm going to sit next to you and watch everything you do right next to you. Oh, for a whole engagement. That's much better than us because they we, we were like they're like we're going to sit in another room. You're not even going to know we're there. Yeah, we had those as well, but oh. we also had the ones where they sit next. <laughs> Hilarious, to you and it's like terrifying. You're like, oh, um, I made more mistakes when I had someone sitting next to me than I did on any of my other yeah. engagements. So there's a downside to the micromanaging when it gets too overbearing. Then you've got performance issues. But, yeah, what, what is over the line? Because some of those metrics are required to know that people are doing a good job. Yeah. Um, and you can go, well, the time of a call is important, but maybe it's important to what they get paid. Maybe it's important as an indicator of a good result, but maybe it's not. What if you can't answer a customer's questions in that time Correct. frame? And then and you're not delivering good value yeah. to the client. And that's sort of a problem. But then you go, okay, well, what's micromanaging there? It's, to me, it would be when we're using those numbers – and we're spending more time monitoring and coaching and checking and pushing it in front of people, we're spending too much time on that rather than, hey, here's your numbers just so you know, and they're good and good work. Mm. Um, instead of going, okay, your average break, and I remember back to when I was young buck, 18, and uh, I think this was a from my recollection, which might have changed over the years, but I'm pretty sure I remember it correctly, was, oh, yeah, really good numbers last week. Yeah, it's the only thing. Your breaks are you average 10 minutes and one second. You want to get that below 10, like you should be – you're back at 10 minutes. One second. Yeah. So that's when you go, okay, we're monitoring all these things. Hey, you know, everything's fantastic. That's a little bit over. (laughs) Yeah. You obviously had a bit of a thing, something happened there, but, you know, you'll be fine. Rather than, hey, get that back in line. See, for me, that sounds more like a process than a, a micromanagement situation. Yeah, well, the process is to micromanage. Yeah. Um, and another case, I think Ree and I had different things. She was like, oh, once a month we got told her numbers and told her to ship in shape. But if we were back like late for a break, like we're 12 minutes instead of 10, your manager would be at your desk five minutes later. Like, yeah, now that's micromanaging. Push, push the, you're not, you go out of the call queue and they're like, yep. what's happening? That's micromanaging. Yeah. And We'd get messages if we weren't in the call queue that's a word. <laughs> call Q. Call Q. That's two words. That's yeah. why we had trouble. Uh, yes, it's not hyphenated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they check on you if you because they like see all your things. So, um, and that's where it becomes an issue. You got too many managers for the people, and then the managers trying to justify their decisions or keep themselves busy because they're we bored. Were, we were displayed on a wall as well. So good. So we could see what each other looks uncomfortable was doing. Oh <laughs> no, you had seats. I'm slightly elitist, so I kind of think that if everyone's on a board, I think it's fantastic. A little bit yeah. of competition doesn't go astray. But, but um, then you have like this new recruit sitting next to you and they're like, oh, why aren't you back in a call yet? Yeah. And I'm like, excuse me, you've been here five minutes. Yeah. Don't you dub on me. <laughs> um, but yeah, you find like in the call service scenario, if someone's, someone's uh, like they've got 10 people to manage, like do they really need to? Yeah. Like the numbers are all there. It's there to be displayed. It's obvious. Someone can go once a week, look through them and decipher it all in an hour. Why do you need someone sitting there managing 10 people? And just being on them like a hawk. When That's, the danger becomes you end up with a bureaucratic system of people justifying their position to maintain a wage. Yep. And then you look at that and you go, well, people burn out pretty quickly because they're yeah. on a call, on a call, on a call, on a call. Everything's monitored, everything's tracked. It's all down to the second. Yep. Um, and what's the focus of what does the company want? Some companies want the lowest costs, which um, 
you know, it doesn't always work out. Some companies want the best result. So what's the metric for that? Sometimes you can't measure those things mm. or you won't get the feedback. Happy clients won't do a survey. Fine, no worries. They don't want to, they're not there to do a survey. They get this problem solved or whatever it is they need. But it's been able to focus on the right thing rather than the fine details. And so call centres need this level of detail, one, to show, hey, we're doing our job and we get paid. And that's what the customers are demanding, and that's fine. I have no issues with that. But they also need it because their staff are probably not – haven't been in the industry before. It's a lower-paid position. It's for a position for anyone. They take people in inductions of 30 people at a time, mm. and then after a week, they're in the call line. They know nothing. They follow a script. They follow a process, which is a good example of a systematized process business. You know, if they can do it, well, you should be able to do it. But they also churn through those employees really quickly because of the micromanagement. And you think if the recruitment cost would be quite high, the turnover cost would be quite high if they could maybe not micromanage so much but still show a client the good results and still see if things are okay, they'd keep the good people in the industry. Maybe they can pay them a little bit more. Maybe they can get all those numbers down in a different way. Can you think of any ways to try and find that balance? Yeah, maybe just focus on the right numbers. Um, But like if they're doing coaching calls and you've got people that 99% of the time are doing a good job, Leave them alone. But that's just one example. Like we're talking about call center now, but for a lot of people, their businesses aren't call center. Uh, they aren't call centers. So, you know, let's look at some other examples. Well, let's, yeah, let's look at a, a mum and pop in industry, for instance, and you might just be starting to employ people. This is your baby. This is your business. This is your passion. Yep. And you've brought on your a name on the door. Yep. Your name on the door. You've got a fancy logo that you've paid some legends to, to create and it's all over the place and signage is up and you've just started employing people and you can't let it go. has to be done my way. Mm. How do you minimise the opportunities or minimise the risk of micromanaging in that situation when you, you want people who are invested in the job as you are but you own the place? Yeah. So how do you get away from that? Yeah. It's, it's a fair bit to unpack. Yeah. yeah. It's speak for a bit. Sorry about that. Yeah. So like five <laughs> different points. So hopefully I'll remember all the different ones to go yeah. back to. Um, but yeah, so you've got your own business. It's your pride and joy. You know, you do everything and you're taking employees in. I think part of it has been able to accept that maybe it's not going to be your level, but your level's probably reasonably high. Mm. If you've been doing a good job, you've got a perfect, you've got a damn hat, well, how, how is someone going to do it perfect the first time? Like they're not. So you want to try to recruit someone, which obviously is a podcast episode coming up. Um, you want to recruit someone who you think is going to be good at the job, give them the best chance of success because everyone's got a role. You don't uh, put people in a role that they're not going to be suited for. So you choose someone that you think is going to be the best and, and hopefully they are. And if they're not, then find something else for them or move them on and free up their future, as I say, because they'll be unhappy, you'll be unhappy, everyone will be happy and they'll, they'll find something else, it'll be fine. Yep. They'll be happier. What's the system? What's the process? What's the framework? I'm big for sort of guidelines and frameworks. You can have a detailed process, 100%, that's fine. But once people understand that detailed process or they're new and they need to follow the detailed process, there's a guideline. Hmm. Here's the five key things that our theory of what needs to be important. You know, For us, it's, yeah, you talk to the people. <laughs> Yeah, number one, you talk to people. We don't just follow, do the job. You do the greatest job in the world. But if you didn't talk to them, like, we want to talk to people. Yep. Um, so that would be a guideline. But then a process would be you go to the job, you open the job, you check the client's information's right in the system, you put this in the system, you put that in the system, you open this document, you put the details in, blah, 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 which is kind of micromanaging. Yep. But you have that process in place before you give it to someone. So then obviously you can go through that with them. You can show them how to do it. 
you, they can read how to do it, they can see you do it, then they can do it themselves with you. So potentially you've got a healthy level of micromanaging in the, in the induction process. Well, it's called training. Yeah. Induction. Yeah. yeah. That's not micromanaging. No. That's learning. Yeah. Yeah. But um, then relinquishing that control could be where it becomes a, a difficulty for some Yeah. Some and people. I feel like a lot of people would be listening right now and they're like, yeah, well, if they learned it and there was a process and they did it right, I wouldn't need to micromanage. Yep. That's not what happens. They don't do it right. And there could be many reasons for that. It could be they physically can't do it, mentally they can't do it. It could be they don't care. Yeah. And that could be because you're micromanaging all the time. It could be because they're upset about something else and they're having a bad day. There's a million different reasons, but it's identifying what's stopping that person from performing. So going back a few steps, management, your job as a manager is to remove roadblocks. Yeah. Help people get better. Empower people to be good at their job. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people look at things like a reception. I've got a really good receptionist. She's so good. He's so good. Whatever. Um, this person's so good. I don't want them to move on. I don't want them to do something different because I'm going to reception. It's not going to be as good. But why would that person do anything good for you? Because you're, you're holding them back. You know, they're yeah. just doing the same thing. They're bored. Like, yeah, they're going to muck up mundane tasks because they're not paying attention. It's just mundane. Um, so it's part of it is looking at it and going, okay, well, what's causing this person to not be able to do it? And be realistic. And that's not, let's go crack the rib. Mm. Um, but you've also got the side and people probably listening and go, yeah, we've done that. We've tried to do this. We've tried to do that. And it's still not. But there's probably other things you haven't done. Maybe someone else at work's not doing their job and you don't do anything about it. Hmm. You've got no obvious plan. You just actively ignore it. Everyone knows it. So then why would they do their job when there's other persons? So it might not be this person's actually the problem. You might be doing something else. Um, there's lots of different factors that could cause someone to do it. And then it comes down to it that if they just can't do it for the future. Yep. Yeah. Um, what's the flip side? You just need to sit there and micromanage them all the time and you double check everything all the time. Well, that's not practical. It's not sustainable as a business. Move on. Get someone else. Um, if you've gone through five people, probably need to look at yourself and what you're doing. And if you can't do that, get some help. But um, That'd be a culture problem. Yeah, culture problem or what you're doing problem. Yep. Or maybe there's, there's no process or it's not possible or whatever. Maybe if you get to that point, you should think about employing a manager. Yeah, get a manager for your business. (laughs) Yeah. And hope they're not a micromanager. (laughs) Nightmare. It's an interesting point. A lot of people in business, if you're really good at what you do, you're good at talking to the clients, you're good at doing the job and you just don't get the people stuff, you don't get the management stuff, you just can't do it. Well, no problems. Employ a manager. You employ someone to do a job for you, do that. Then you don't have to do it. Yep. You've got to trust them though. Get the right people. And you've got to get the right numbers and the right metrics, like the call center is saying, like that having those numbers isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's using them realistically and being able to see what's going on and having that picture that's required, but not being over the top with the manager every day going, Where's this? Where's this? Where's this? Where's this? Like you some things are gonna go bad and you've got to let it go so they can learn, they can improve, they can take it on board, they can be empowered. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got mum and dad's business and there's one there's one little thing going on and they can't let it go or can't let the books go and we can't let this phone call go and we've got to deal with every yeah. client and oh, this person coming, oh, they're going to be a big client, I'm just going to run in and get them. Oh, we'll take it off this person. It's like, well, how can that person grow? Yeah. So, um, you know, I tell most people that start with us, like, yeah, sometimes you won't do anything for a day. Like, don't tell me you were working. Just say I didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> I assume you want to do stuff. I assume yeah. you want to get better. Um, if you never do anything, you're not going to have opportunities here. You know, it's obvious when you – it's really obvious when people don't work. You know, it's so obvious. Um, you don't need numbers or anything to tell you that. But 
they need to learn how to do those things for themselves. Um, you're talking about the previous generation, the young kids these days, and they need their dopamine and things like that. But, yeah, they come out of school and everything's done and they've got to do this and they have to do this and they have to do this. Well, we don't want to say you have to do it, but if you're able to do things yourself, yeah, got a place here. Yep. So that comes at a cost where you are wasting money that day. But at other times, what are you getting back? When the fund says learn how to solve that problem, you're making that money back. Um, most businesses don't need people to be at 100% productivity all the time to make money. Um, so you've got to factor that in as a cost where people are learning. Um, you know, even we give projects internally here to people, and I'm probably not quite ready. They have guidance. They have some things to follow. They, they can ask questions at all times, like we're not going to let it go wrong. But we're happy for them to waste two days trying to figure something out mm. um, because how are you going to learn? How are you going to learn how things work and why they work that way? If I'm always just telling Rhiannon, you do this and then you do this and then you do this and then you send it to this person, it's fine, she did it. But then next time it comes along, she's got to remember that exact process. She won't understand why we do this and this and this. So I say, oh, um, so-and-so needs help with the cash flow. We've got all these reasons. This happened last week actually. Maybe even this week is Friday. What's a plan for the cash flow? So here's some things we've already got in place. Forgotten, not all of them implemented. Let's write them down, put them in a plan, boom, 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 boom. Here you go, here's some. Now you go research and add some. They might be good, they might be bad, doesn't matter. She's going to spend a couple of days trying to figure out cash flow for herself. Is that good? I think so. <laughs> but at least you get her head around it, how it mm. works and why things work that way. Um, and you've got to think about people are people, they're independent, they have their own brains, so you've got to let them come to their own way of doing things. And when you micromanage, there's no opportunity for people to use their own brains. So, so you brought up the older generation and before, and it sometimes feels like it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. We've hired these young people and they can't do the job, so I'll do it for them. I've yeah. got to do it my way. Um, do you want just, a job done right, you've got to do it yourself? Yeah, that sort of mentality, yep. um, which then creates dependent employees, yep. which want to be micromanaged or probably don't want to be, but are used to being micromanaged and that's easy. Yeah instead of thinking for yourself. Yeah. It's interesting. Even that saying, like, it's probably misrepresented. If you want something done right, you do it yourself. Mm. And it's not saying you do it yourself all the time. It's saying if you want a guaranteed result, yep. do it yourself. But that's, it's not saying you have to do it yourself all the time. So you're looking to replicate yourself in your employees. Well, yeah, we'll make them the best they can be. Yep. So they might get to your level. They might get further. Like the way I view it is everyone that – we're helping, whether it's a client or employee, how good can they be? What do they want to be? Like, can we help them get there? You wouldn't want to replicate yourself. If no. you're replicating yourself, then you're limiting what the business is going to do because if people don't think for themselves, they don't come up with new ideas for you and it's sometimes mm-hmm. a really good idea to have a new perspective on things that you probably wouldn't have thought of on your own. 100%. And I'd hate myself anyway. <laughs> but... um, <laughs> fire me in a day. Um, <laughs> But no, no, you're 100% right. So, like, you don't know what you don't know. And by letting people come to their own conclusions, um, obviously you want systems and processes and this is how we do it. We do a training, we do an induction, you get people to a point, yeah, you know they can do it. You can see that they can do it. You can see that they've done it multiple times. You know they can do it. Mm. So after that, if they're mucking up, there's something else. Um, But after that point, it's let people be people, let people figure it out because they'll figure better ways. So older generation, oh, that's how we do it because it always works, you know. But we've got technology coming through. We've got these other things. Mm. So maybe they change it and maybe it doesn't go wrong. What's the worst can happen? You just change it back. Yep. Um, does that mean you shouldn't try in the future? No. Does that mean you should manage, micromanage everything they do? No. 
but yeah, Reed, that's a really good point. If you if you micromanage, you are never going to get good ideas out of people. Killing innovation potentially. Yeah. Well, why do you think that is? I think that comes down to the difference between having a manager and having someone who leads people. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, it's actually two different roles, to be honest. But yeah, no, it's hundred percent right. What's the difference? A manager tends to focus on systems and procedures and things that are already in place. Adherence. Maybe try and make them a bit better, but you're still fundamentally looking at the systems and procedures that are already in place and just focusing purely on them because they're tried and tested and they give you results. Yeah, make sure that the things that are meant to happen, happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they manage. (laughs) Well, they spent all night thinking that title up, didn't they? (laughs) You're pretty good at managing. What are we going to call you? Uh, How about a manager? Yeah, so if you want to make sure that things are adhered to and the systems and procedures that you set up in your business are followed, manager. If you don't want to do the managing, get someone who can. If you can't do it without micromanaging, get someone who can. Hmm. I'm a garbage manager. Like, I'd be terrible at the job. Okay, so what's the difference between... Are you a leader? I don't know, maybe. (laughs) So what's the difference between a manager and a leader then? So leaders are more likely to inspire people <laughs> oh, to throw their pen across the desk apparently yeah, apparently Rhiannon's going to fidget with things where we're recording live I know who would do and that uncut never yeah. edited <laughs> yeah, so, I think so, that's a learnt trait from her um, direct line manager yeah she got that from me yep. um, so you're explaining what a leader is what's the difference yeah leaders tend to inspire people rather than you know focusing on things that are existing you want to inspire people to want to be better um, and to come forth and give you new ideas as well. Yeah, I th- I was, that's definitely right and it's part of it. But, you know, managers sort of like, hey, let's do this. This is what we're doing. Let's make sure it's right. Let's, you know, boom, 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 day to day. Leaders are like, let's go here. This is awesome. Um, Change and innovation. Yeah, look at me. How good is this? Do leaders create more leaders? Uh, you can do. Mm. Yeah, I suppose managers can make more managers too. Mm. Like, you know, you, people look up to different things. But yeah, the leader and a manager is very different. So as a business owner, you can look at it two ways. You don't have to be managing everything in your business to be the leader of the business. You might be a terrible leader and you might be a terrible manager and maybe you should yep. work on the tools. That's fine. You still own a business Yep. Um, and that's a mechanism that can work without you and you still get a return on the side. There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually probably the best one because you're pretty redundant in that business if you're just on the tools. That's great. But yeah, as a manager, you're making sure things are right. As a leader, you were going, hey, this is where we need to get to. This is amazing. This is cool. This is the right thing to do. And then making people believe or we don't have to make people, we don't have to brainwash them, but here's the message, people, who's in? Help them catch the vision. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe no one gets it or maybe it's a terrible idea. Like if you're standing in the middle of the water and you can't swim, you say, hey, yeah, how good is this? Yeah. <laughs> no, no one's going to follow you in there. That's fine. But, yeah, if you've got the vision of the business, like ours, just want to help people, you know, as long as we're helping clients, I'm happy. As long as we're trying hard and we're trying to do the right thing, like if you muck it up, it's okay. We'll always be able to fix something. But the worst case is usually not that bad. Um, the best thing we can do is we're helping them, we're trying to make it better. And for most clients is they can't make it better anyway. So if we muck, muck something up on the way, it's not going to get any worse. Um, but at least we know that's not the path. Mm. Um, but when it comes down to it, we don't want mistakes. That's bad. But if you've made a mistake and you haven't tried, that's one thing. If you've tried to help the client, you've done everything you can to make it better and it didn't work out, well, that's not a problem. No one's going to be upset about that. Um, so, you know, for us, I think it's everyone in our business knows, like, we help clients. That's what we do. So if you're a person who suspects that they may or may not be a micro micromanager, mm-hmm. uh, they're a good manager, 
uh, or you're the owner of a business and you've looked and you've gone, oh, bugger, I might be doing a little bit of this micromanaging self stuff myself. Oh, yeah. Do you hire leaders or do you develop leaders? Yeah, good question. You can go either way. Mm. If you don't know how to develop one, you don't have the, the culture or the size to develop them internally, then, yeah, get one in. Mm. Um, but you want that leader to believe what you believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's lots of stuff on that and throughout the world and different speakers, but, yeah, the leader's got to take you in a direction you're happy to go. Um, and if you don't want that to be someone else, you are the leader. So what's the direction that's, hey, guys, let's do this. This is how it works and how cool is it? I, I love the word inspiration that Ree used. Yep. Um, it's, there's, there's motivation and there's inspiration. I mean, motivation is quite temporary. You have to kind of re-motivate yourself, mm. whereas inspiration is, is long-term. Yep. And a good leader will inspire you into action and before you know it, you're doing it because you want to. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. So if you think about if we translate that into something people can see day-to-day, going back to mm. mum and dad's business, maybe it's the reception, you muck this simple system up. Well, if people have done this checklist 20,000 times, they've ticked that off. They're not inspired. They don't feel like they've achieved anything. Mm. They've just ticked something off. Going through the process. And we talked about imposter syndrome before and that's mainly fixed high achievers because they've done that awesome thing so many times I don't even think it's that good anymore. Um, so if you're managing people you're expecting them to adhere to these little things and there's never that inspiration or that meaning behind what they're doing, they're going to get bored. They're going to muck it up. But if they can go, oh, this is why we do it, like I said hello and greeted the same person, the same people hundreds of times, or every face looks the same now, you know, how do I still smile? And it's like, oh, because I know when people come in, like we can make their day. I just want them to be happy with it. My goal is when they come in, they're just going to be happy. Like that gives them a bit of a buzz, it gives them that bit of dopamine. And then we follow the systems and procedures along the way. Um, and that's, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a leader to inspire people. Mm. You can be a manager and inspire people as well. But a leader's job is definitely, what are we trying to do? There's a great story about an uh, employee at a, a hotel chain and he works at two different hotel chains. Mm-hmm. And at, at one hotel, he is bubbly and enthusiastic. And that's because his managers empower him to be his best self yep. in that hotel chain. Go nuts. Yep. Just be yourself. Here's, here's what we expect from you. Go out and do it. And then at the other one, he hates his job because every five minutes someone's checking to make sure he's doing the right thing. Yep. Yeah, which one are you going to go to? Yeah. It's the same person. Yep. It's just different management styles. Yeah, and then you'd be thinking, hey, you go to the one that gets paid the most, which is not true. No, definitely uh, not. a certain amount of money where people can live and, and it's going to be a few, I hate this place and I like this place. I mean, there's an evolution of that, especially as a young person coming out of university or even in the trades or just unskilled labour. You're going for the dollar early, but it doesn't take long for you to realise that quality of life, for a couple of dollars, Mm. you're going to take the job that's less stress. Yeah. And then just going back a little bit, you could do pathways to people, but the person you mentioned in there, so yeah, go nuts, you follow these things, you do a great job, be yourself, and Mm. as long as there's end results achieved within these guidelines, we don't mind. Is that person going to want to get better in that organisation and do more? Mm. More than likely. Absolutely. Are they going to learn other things like, oh, yeah, I really want to get better. I just love this organisation. I like to do this and this. And they're going to try and learn and do something themselves off their own back to make something better or learn so they can do something more. Um, it's much more likely than if you're sitting there, you hate the job, you've got to do the same thing every day and there's no progression, no opportunity. But conversely, if the, that person doesn't have any aspiration, 
how happy is he going to be keep coming in doing the same job over and over and over again if he's just empowered to do the same job? Oh, just have fun every day. Yeah. Yeah. Just be awesome. Just likes talking to people. Yeah. Our customers love you. You're yep. great at your job. There's plenty of pathways for progression, but if you don't want to, we're not going to force you to. Mm. That's a great example of just getting out of the way. You know, yeah. So micromanagers, you're in the way. Sometimes you're part of the problem. Yep. And you've got to be able to identify that. It's like, oh, actually, I'm just on this person all the time. Like, I've got better things to do. Well, fine, you've got better things. Go do them. Yeah. Get out of the way. They don't Let that guy do his job. Yeah, doing a pretty good job. And, you know, unless it goes drastically wrong, go nuts. Mm. And if it's such a problem, you either change your processes and your systems or if the person won't do it, you change the person. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you're getting people to, like, people come in, they do a great job for a while and they keep turning bad, it's probably not the people. There's something in your business um, yeah. that's making it go bad. And that's your job as a as an owner, as a manager, as a leader. Um, People don't want to fail. No. They don't come into a job and go, geez, I'm going to be crap at this. No one goes to work this morning goes, I'm just going to make sure this is the worst day of my life. I mean, eventually they do. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's plenty of of workplaces where people just come in because they have to come in. No, no, no. But they don't go, oh, gee, I have to come today and I'm going to make this the worst day of my life. They're going to go, oh, this is going to suck. Yeah. Yeah. So no one has the intention of being as bad as they can be every day. No. Surely it doesn't start there. No. No, yeah, if people are actively sabotaging things, like there's there's a few issues that happen on the yeah. way or you, or you have someone that's got serious issues, which is super rare. And potentially, I mean, it's not a deliberate thing. You as a business owner and that's happening in your business, you might have just lost focus there for a little bit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, whoa, what's happened to my business? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes, and sometimes micromanaging too can be a little bit of the, we talked about imposter syndrome, Um <laughs> Last podcast. Yeah. But you're like, oh, gee, I'm not there. I haven't checked in with these people. I don't know what's going on. I better better do that because they might be thinking about leaving or they might be this or they might be mm. that. But hang on, maybe just have a bit of confidence and uh, trust that a bit of faith. Well, faith's a good word. Mm. But just a bit of faith. Like, yeah, this person means well. It's a nice person. They, I know they can do the job. They're signed off. They're trained. They've done a good job for to two years. Let's just trust that that person's okay. And if they make a mistake, they do their, their level best. Old uh, friends from the shop, you say, level best, do your level best to fix it. And that's really all you can ask, isn't it? Mm. Support them when they make a mistake because they're a good employee. Yeah, correct. Yeah, you're having a bad day. Maybe they're just having a bad two weeks, you know. Hey, is everything okay? Yeah, I'm having a bad few weeks. All right, cool. Let's see if we can get through it. (laughs) Do your best. Yeah. Just wait for them to come to you as well. Like a lot of the time, if somebody needs help with something, if you just wait, they will come directly yeah. to you and ask you for help. And if you're going, gee, my employees never come to me, well, you might be a bit unapproachable whether you think you are or not. Yep. You think, I tell them I'm approachable, but yeah, it doesn't mean you are. <laughs> the person who tells everyone they're approachable, they're definitely not. Or you're <laughs> harassing them so much that they're like, well, I don't want to go to you because you're just going to tell me that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like, you know, if you don't... The, tr- the trust isn't there, basically, <laughs> so you've got to work on trust. It, it sounds like it's a balancing act. Yeah. From micromanaging to good managing. Yeah. But if, well, not good managing, but managing. I always like to liken things to larger businesses. Yep. And um, I had a snoring test or a sleep test, sleep test, see how many sleep apneas I had. And um, the person who showed me how to use the equipment did the checklist and everything. They had not been doing it very long. This is a company with 150 locations throughout Australia. Yep. She didn't really know how to answer any of my questions. Um, they did bill me a lot of money and I did successfully complete the test and everything was fine. Yep. So if they can do it 
like it wasn't in the world. I was happy. I got the result that I wanted. It all worked out. She would be fine later on. Like she was still a nice person. So yeah. even though was, we took a little bit longer to get to some spots, like I was, you know, I was happy with her. I wasn't going to be like, oh, what are you doing? Why'd you choose this career? You're garbage. Yeah, but no, if you no. let if you let people be people, and your example of your friend, uh, if you let people be people and follow the guidelines, and you've got it there, get out of their way, and you'll find that it'll work itself out. If it takes them two months to get to the point where they actually can do it, you know, properly, that's good. But if you've harassed them for two months, they're going to be still at square one. Mm. Yeah, good point. So it's just amazing. Like one of the things um, people come and they're like, "Oh, how do you get people?" good people and this, that and the other and you're like, oh, have you got? And what are you doing? What are you micromanaging? I'm checking, um, checking everything, checking everything. It's like, do you need to check it? Yeah, because if it's wrong, it's a big problem. I'm like, okay, well, how often is it wrong? It's like, oh, pretty much never. <laughs> yeah, but there'll be that one time. Yeah, when it's yeah. wrong, do you um, give feedback? And like, I'm not saying that in a way like, oh, duh, but people are like, oh, no, I don't really. I just fix it because it's easier to do it myself. It's nice and quick and it's just wasting everyone's time. Well, give them that little bit of feedback because they want to do a good job. They want to get better. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just make sure you know, if you're micromanaging and you're like, how do you get out of it? Well, just look at what you're doing. Try to pull yourself out of the loop. Try to get out of the way. And I think the easiest way to look at managing is how can you make it easiest for this person to be the best that they can be? That's your job. And when they start out, you, you can start with a low-risk reward areas of their job. So if they stuff this bit up, that's not really going to affect the bottom line. So let's, let's give them that autonomy and, and let them go nuts. And then slowly they're going to grow into the role. And then, okay, this one's a bit riskier. If they make a few mistakes here, it could cost us a little bit, but they've shown that they can do it so far. Yeah, and it's, it's people will be going, okay, we've got people doing serious stuff, being paid a fair bit, and they can't follow. They can't, they're still not doing the job. It's like, well, same rules apply. Yeah. Yeah, training, your induction, you sign them off, you get them to a point where it's confident, happy, good, 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 so we know they can do it. Yep. Then your job as manager is to do whatever you can to help them do the job. Mm. Not make them do the job, to help them do the job. Because they want to do the job. Most people want to do the job. Yeah. If they don't want to do the job, find someone that wants to do the job. Most, most people want to earn their wage. If people just hate their job, well, no worries, that's fine. Part ways, they'll find a job they like. Good for them, good for you. Give someone else an opportunity. They probably work in a call centre. <laughs> for a month. <laughs> or a year and a half. Some people have staying power. Mm. Anyway, Marie. so micromanagement, I think we covered that pretty well. What is it? Had different ways to do things, but I think at the end of the day, if you just think people are people, um, have a bit of faith that people want to do well, um, how can you help them succeed? Look at things from that way. Go back to your systems and processes. If you don't have those, you can't manage someone. Um, let people know really clearly what the expectations are. Is communicate. Yep. If you know, if everyone knows the expectations, what needs to be done doesn't, then you're all on the same page, and that's probably where a lot of this breaks down. The uh, the and biggest then trust them. Yeah, trust. If they know it, and you know that they know it, then trust them yep. to do it. And they will do it. Yeah, that's a big part. And just be aware that just because you trust them doesn't mean they trust you. The biggest, the biggest problem with communication is the belief that it's happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. I use it all the time. It's a good one. Yeah. The illusion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, just trust for a second. You can trust them. You say, oh, but I do trust them. But if they don't do trust you, you yeah. it doesn't matter because they're still nervous about something. So the trust is a two-way street. You've got to, they've got to earn it off you. You've got to earn it off them and – but you just got to have the faith, you know, people want to do the right thing. Sounds pretty hard, this business thing. <laughs> Who want to be run a business? Yeah. No, it's good. 
Sounds like it could be fun, but it sounds like it's a lot of hard work getting there. I don't know. It's pretty simple when it comes down to it. But just practice and get better. I think um, Rowan did a really good job of summing up our topic today. So that, that was leaves your job. me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did he micromanage you? Oops. Oh, anyway, sorry. Getting back to my point, that gives me a bit more time to talk about our next topic. I know a lot of people probably missed out um, when we were talking about how to recruit new people earlier in our podcast today because we got a little bit off topic. So we're going to chat about that next time. So stay How tuned. do you find good people? <laughs> off topic, that doesn't sound like us. Definitely. How do you find good people? <laughs> That's going to be a good topic of podcast, I think. Good. Listen next time and you'll find out. I will. Goodbye. <laughs> so long. So long.